All right, we're live and we're rolling and welcome to The Real Venture. If you're new here, welcome. Let me break down what this show is all about. We are a community built for young entrepreneurs by young entrepreneurs with the sole mission of inspiring the next generation, our generation, to turn their crazy idea into a business. I'm your host, Peyton. And I am your co-host, Luke. And we are so excited to continue to grow this platform as we talk to other successful founders about their successes and together as a community, figure out the next step in our own entrepreneurial journey. The only thing I'm going to need you to do before we get going is hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Let's dive into today's topic. All right, we're live and we're rolling and welcome to this week's Rapid Recap. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up? You guys can see me. How you guys doing? Um, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, make sure you uh, hop over there at The Real Venture or The Real Venture. I don't, you know, I still don't know if you say ad or not, um, but every single video that we, uh, every single interview episode that we have, uh, we post over there uh, in addition to our social media. So make sure you guys hop over there and check it out and subscribe. Uh, but today we are getting into a rapid recap with our conversation with Brian Doe. If you're new here, rapid recap is basically a, you know, seven to 10 minute uh conversation uh, that we have following our interview with our guest. Um, this kind of allows us to dive into some of our takeaways, some of the things that we thought were really important from the episode, uh, and then also, you know, kind of get our minds going on on different ways to digest new topics going forward and making sure that the wisdom and advice that they passed on in their episode carries through uh, and continues on. So just to give a little bit of background on, uh, on Brian, he started in a way, I think a lot of us do, right? You know, we come right out of school, we move into a, to a sales role, we work for a really big company, uh, but he wasn't satisfied. So he ended up going back to school where he went uh, to Harvard to get his MBA. And, uh, you know, a little side personal note, that's actually where he met my grandpa. So they uh, they were both in the Harvard Business School together, um, you know, way, way back in the day. Um, and then, you know, ultimately that's how I know Brian and how we had him come on the show through that connection. So, you know, Love that. Shout out to history. Um, but, you know, he, he talked about as he, as he went through Harvard, you know, he was looking for something else. And when he came out, he was approached by a doctor who had an idea for a business. And obviously, you know, the, the, the doctor is the, is the medical side of, a, of the potential new business, had a product, had a process in place and needed somebody to actually run the business and get that side going. So he approached Brian and boom, just like that, he's an entrepreneur. And I think that that's something a lot of people can relate to. Uh, you know, you start doing certain things and all of a sudden, boom, you're an entrepreneur, boom, you're running your own business. Uh, sometimes that's kind of the way it happens. But uh, one thing I really want to dive into is kind of the way that he framed entrepreneurship uh, early in his career. So in the 1960s, like being an entrepreneur was not quote unquote fashionable, right? It's basically what you did when you couldn't get a good job. And I think a lot of people today still slap the title entrepreneur on there to cover the fact that they really don't know what they're doing, um, you know, which is I mean, which is fine. I mean, you're figuring it out and that's part of what being an entrepreneur is. But, um, you know, back then it was kind of like a, a mark against you. And, you know, just to, to give more context on the time period, com people worked for companies cradle to grave right out of school all the way up until they retired, you know, big 40 year career. So obviously if you're doing something different, you're starting new businesses, you're taking risks, that isn't going to match with that cradle to grave philosophy. And, and that's kind of why entrepreneurs were, black sheeps, um, in that period of time. 
And, you know, he even went on to, to say at, at Harvard, they only had one class that was related to basically starting a new business and it was called managing new enterprises, uh, which definitely does not have the same ring to it as, uh, as entrepreneurship. And then, you know, fast forward now into all schools, um, you know, he talked about the Har- Harvard business school, but you know, at, at Purdue as well, uh, where I went to school, I mean, there are so many entrepreneurship classes. There is an entire like Institute dedicated to it, um, that really has been normalized and it is even promoted and incentivized and it's you know, we want people to go out and try new things and start new companies. And I think that that's really cool to kind of see how that has evolved over time. Um, you know, I think in some regards, successful entrepreneurs today are at the same level as like high profile athletes, right? You know, your, your Tom Brady's, your LeBron James are like right up there with your Elon Musk, your Jeff Bezos. And it's kind of cool to see how that has evolved over time to where dominating business and coming up with great new ideas, um, you know, uh, allows you to, to carry some influence and in, in, in status in that regard. And, you know, that's what some people are really after. Uh, other people are, you know, looking to, uh, to really make a difference in the world and you can make a difference in the world both ways. Um, but don't get me wrong, but there's multiple paths, uh, paths, if you will, to, uh, to clout. Uh, and it's kind of cool that that business has now become one of those. And it's not just, you know, something that's kind of reserved in the, in the background. And it's what, you know, it's what makes the world run. I mean, that's, that's how our economies get going. Um, he also had a really important quote that I thought was interesting. Um, security is in your own talent base as a business loyalty is out. Now let's kind of dive into what that is. So security is within your talent base. So when you have people involved in the company, uh, that is, you know, that's how you lock people up is you, you have a, you have a need for them. You make them feel, uh, needed and they fit the cog in the machine kind of thing. Because honestly, people jump around from business to business. Like loyalty is, it is kind of out. So the only security you have is, is what your talent base is doing as a business. And I thought that that was really interesting because, you know, if you look at, if you look at my time at Oracle, like, you know, the vast majority of people that start with you are, you know, so many people have gone to multiple different jobs following their time. Um, and it, it's crazy. I mean, people just bounce around and, you know, especially with like the remote work culture and stuff like that. I mean, it's really easy to go work for somebody else. You're not having to like pick up and, and you know, change your entire life and, and move across the country. So, um, you know, as, as a business owner, that actually scares me because how can I create a culture and a need that makes my employees want to be there and, and develop loyalty in that regard, because for any reason they could pick up and leave at any time. So that's, you know, something that kind of got me thinking going forward. I'm like, man, how am I going to, how am I going to combat that? How am I going to, you know, cultivate a, a brand and identity and a mission as a business that forms as a blanket of security for my workforce? Um, you know, so if, if anybody has any ideas around that and, uh, you know, wants to have a discussion, let me know. Cause I'm always open to it. It's, it, it's kind of a, you know, the wild west frontier. I mean, people just pick up and leave. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting process over the next, you know, 10, 20 years as we continue to build this business and, and other businesses around it. Um, you know, how, uh, how you can really foster that community. So after about 10 years in the startup space, you know, diving back into, uh, into Brian's career path, he, he made the move over to a fortune 500 company. And, you know, originally he just kind of thought that it was going to render all his entrepreneurial experiences useless. But in reality, he thought that the skills and experiences that he had, uh, throughout his startup career translated really nicely into helping him run, uh, you know, eventually this fortune 500 company. And one, one thing I thought that was really interesting is he talked a lot about 
the company's mindset when it comes to innovation and new, you know, new ideas is, is usually to fix things that are already in place, right? Let's make this 20% better, that 5% more efficient. And that's kind of how they, you know, dictate improving, uh, you know, very rarely is something completely new, innovative, groundbreaking coming out of these really large corporations. They're just looking for micro efficiencies in order to, you know, Im- improve the overall. And it makes a big difference in these big companies because they're just these massive money machines and, you know, 5% here with 3% there translates to millions of dollars. But, you know, that's not exactly what you want as a, uh, as an employee sometime, you know, tying back into our conversation with RJ, uh, Grimshaw about being an entrepreneur, like you're looking for opportunities to do something new within the company because it provides the the framework and the resources that you need to be successful and you don't have to basically go out and, and, and risk it all. And, you know, Brian talked about how the risk, uh, you know, risk to reward ratio is completely off because entrepreneurs, we can go out, we can try something new, uh, we can learn from it, we can start from scratch uh, and then we can just do it all over again and continue to try and iterate. And, you know, that's great. That's, you know, he talked about how the second best thing you can do uh, as an entrepreneur is fail fast. So obviously the first thing you want to do is have your business succeed, but the next best thing is to fail quickly so you can get back out there and do it again. But in a business, you know, you improve a process 5%, maybe you get like a little tiny raise, but if you mess it up, you get fired. So like, why would you want to step out of your you know, out of your path as a, as a regular employee to, to try to do something new. If you know, that the risk reward ratio looks like that, like that's, that's terrifying. You know, these big companies kind of have a not wanting to lose attitude. Uh, and, and that's a shame, but the companies that don't have that, that have the innovation mindset, uh, you know, they're doing really big things on a daily basis. You know, another great moment was, uh, you know, this is kind of the last thing I wanted to wrap up with. Uh, Brian's wife kind of like called him out and was like, man, why do you keep hitting that snooze button? And, you know, that kind of triggered something in Brian's mind about like, hey, like, you know, what I'm doing right now is not what I want to do. I'm, you know, prolonging my journey to work. I'm delaying it. Uh, because it's not something I'm crazy passionate about. And ultimately that's what led him into becoming a VC. Uh, but I think as entrepreneurs, we can see that experience in a lot of things. Maybe it's the product that you're working on. Uh, maybe it's the company that you work for, but man, if you keep hitting that snooze and you know, that could be metaphorically, you know, just drudgingly going to work and going through the motions and stuff like that. But if you keep hitting that hypothetical snooze button, that's, you know, that, that needs to trigger a, 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 you know, raise a little flag in your mind that, Hey, maybe this is not what I want to do. And, you know, I hope that more and more people can start to pay attention to that and really start to think through what they're passionate about. And, you know, uh, for myself, as, as I've gone out on, on my own journey, I think it's really important to, to try a whole bunch of different things. You know, we, uh, I, I, my passion is real estate and that is why we're building a, a, a real estate prop tech company. Uh, but you know, I'm really interested in a whole bunch of other things. Like, you know, I'm really getting into crypto and, you know, shows, shout out to my spooky boy in the, in the background, I got a, I got a little stuffed pillow. It's cool that, you know, NFTs are now creating, you know, tangible goods in, in, in the real world. So that's pretty cool stuff. But you know, now I'm starting to think of ways that real estate and crypto combine together. So like, as I'm trying all these new things, they all circle back to, you know, working on to the path, uh, that I'm, I'm going down and I love that. And that's really exciting. Um, but you know, that our conversation with Brian was, was awesome. I mean, he, he has an incredible entrepreneurial journey. He's done a whole bunch of things and I felt like he really passed on a lot of great, uh, you know, wisdom and advice. And I highly recommend if you haven't listened to that episode to hop over there and check it out. Um, but 
you know, as, as always continue to, uh, to interact with us on social media, follow us on our Instagram at the real venture underscore our YouTube, the real venture, uh, and, and LinkedIn, the real venture podcast. Keep it real, everybody. All right, guys. Uh, if you want to continue this discussion, follow us on our social media, our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to continue building that community on there. Next, subscribe to wherever you're listening to this, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Overcast, you name it, we got it. And the only other thing I'm going to add is as you're subscribing to those platforms, hop on there, give us rates and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings and a, uh, and, and a comment go a really long way, helps us continue to, to climb up the charts and you know continue to, to spread this to, to all corners of the world and allow us to continue to bring on great guests. We really appreciate you guys for everything and we're excited to see you next week.